Hello, welcome back. You're listening to episode three of the DLSS Picks podcast. This one for UFC Fight Night. Derek Brunson is taking on Darren Till from the UFC Apex. The third of four fight night cards sandwiched between UFC 265 and UFC 266. Not the strongest card in terms of name value or rankings, but, you know, as we've seen time and time again, that doesn't necessarily matter in terms of some crazy-ass finishes or some fun matchups down lower on the card. So definitely not one to sleep on. I'm um, going to go through the card like I normally do, bottom to top, and not spend too much time on the lesser-known fighters and just spend most of my time on the main event because, of course, there's some title implications there for a potential rematch for Brunson versus Izzy. If he's the champ still, obviously, he's going and facing Robert Whitaker, so we have that fight to play out. But Darren Till and Israel Adesanya seems like they've been circling each other for a number of years. So uh, if Darren Till wins this fight, obviously he's maybe one fight, if not right there, and talks for a potential uh, fight down the line with Izzy because they both talked about it. They both won it. Izzy, Israel Adesanya has talked about how he definitely is interested in that matchup. And... Uh, I'm sure the fans would love it too, and I'm in agreement there. But before I actually get into the card and start rattling off my picks, oh yeah, you know what that sound means. It's time to recap the points for the predictions town. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since I brought you guys up to speed on the points and the standings, and it's been a long year, I'll tell you that much. Been battling back, and now pretty much neck and neck between Jose and I. Nate's got a decent lead, but with four months left in the year, coming around the bend, so I figured it's time to update the points. Heading into last week, UFC Vegas 35, Nate had a lead with a clean 200 points, 153 wins, 126 losses, four draws, three no contests. Jose trailing at 182 points, 136 wins, 143 losses, four draws, three no contests, and I was one point behind him at 181, 147 wins, 132 losses, four Four draws, three no contests. And I ended up winning the week with 12 points. I went nine and four. Nate got 11 points. He went eight and five. Jose also eight and five, got 10 points. We included the Jake Paul fight. Nate got three points there, but I got the win-loss bonus, so we ended up winning the week. So once UFC Vegas 35 wrapped, the new points totals were as follows. Nate still in the lead with 211 points, 161 wins, 131 losses, four draws, three no contests. I am in now second place, 193 points, 156 wins, 136 losses, four draws, three no contests. And Jose, 192 points, 144 wins, 148 losses. Losses, four draws, three no contests. And as of late, the last few weeks, Jose and I have been uh, as flipping back and forth between one point and the lead of, over each other. So it's neck and neck between us, but one of us has got to do something to put a dent in Nate's lead because uh, I'm coming for that first place, man. Four months left, and it starts with this week. Let's switch over to the picks. UFC Fight Night, Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. Starting off at the bottom, we got the minus 154 favorite, Jonathan Martinez versus plus 130 underdog, Marcelo Rojo. Uh, I'm going to go with Jonathan Martinez in this one. Don't get me wrong. Marcelo Rojo is definitely a live dog. These guys on paper, as far as like their stats and attributes, like damn near identical. And so I think this fight is a recipe for a good scrap. And they've been doing this lately. The UFC has been structuring the cards to where the first fight of the night has been setting the tone. And a lot of them haven't been going in the distance. So uh, I expect this one to be no different. And again, Rojo is a live dog in this spot. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the favorite, Martinez, to come out on top. And then we have the plus 138 underdog, Dalcha Langambula, versus minus 164 favorite, Mark andre Barriott. And I think I'm going to go chalk again this time. I'm going to go with Andre Barriott to get the win because these guys are also relatively evenly matched when it comes to on paper. 
you know, I definitely admit that um, Dalcha has the power advantage, but uh, Barry, you, he looks actually extremely different, a lot leaner if you're watching his social media. And I think he's uh, changed some things up, and he was already a force to be reckoned with. And I think he's going to have the speed and athleticism advantage and the cardio advantage. And so basically, if Dalcha doesn't get him out early, I think that this is Barry's fight to lose. So I'm going with uh, the favorite, Andre Barry, to get the win. But then we come to one of the fights on the card that I think is actually going to be fireworks. And this one is Julian Arosa versus Charles Jordan. Arosa is a, sm- a slight underdog at plus 154. Jordan is a minus 184 favorite. And this one by far is probably one of the tougher fights for me to pick on the entire card. Uh, because of the fact that Arosa is always a scrapper. He's always live. He comes to fight. He's kind of a killer be killed in a sense where he going to step in the center or just like he, he wants to engage and he's good on the ground he's good at grappling as well but he prefers to strike and Jordan I feel like is on another level in the striking realm and the fact is that the apex always seems to push along the action so I feel like this fight uh, is definitely going to end inside the distance that'd be my guess and it's, it depends on if it goes long enough like into the second or third this definitely could be a contender for fight of the night it just if someone gets put out early in the first round probably get a performance bonus but most likely not going to end up being fight of the night. But again, this was probably one of the ones I'm most looking forward to on the card. And I, I got to make a pick. So, fuck, I think I'm going to stick with the favorites for now and go with Charles Jourdain. But this one, again, along with Rojo in the first fight, I think this is a definitely live dog situation. So I want to watch the weigh-ins. I might end up switching it. Obviously, I have multiple irons in the fire with my DraftKings lines and other bets. I'll probably have some Arosa and some Rojo on those lineups. But as far as the show's concerned, for now, I'm going to go with Charles Jourdain. But, I mean, Rosa's got a 5-inch height and 5-inch reach advantage. So, the, if he can get his hands on him, if he can get him to the ground, he could potentially sub him. Plus, with that reach advantage, again, Julian Rosa likes to bang. He likes to scrap. So, he's got almost, he's got a little bit over 5 strikes landed per minute. Jordan with 4.79 strikes landed per minute, too. So, this could definitely end up being one of the fights that you're not going to want to miss. So, for now, Charles Jordan's a pick. And then next, we have a bantamweight bout between Jack Shore and Ludwig Shalinan. I'm always weary when I see these huge favorites, like the biggest favorites on the card, always seem to fucking shit my apple pie lately. And so this guy, uh, Jack Shore, is a, let me see, plus minus 560 favorite to a plus 420 underdog for Ludovic. And this guy, Jack Shore, 14 and 0, and as you have, I'm sorry, in his MMA career, and he's 3 and 0 in his UFC career, 5.52 takedown average per 15 minutes. 3.14 strikes landed per uh, per minute, and um, he's 5'8", so he's got a slight uh, height disadvantage over his opponent, but same reach, and, uh, you know, all intensive purposes, don't know much about his opponent, Ludwig, but as far as Jack Shore's track record so far in the UFC, this looks like a featured matchup for him, for him to go out there and show his stuff and look good, I mean, as far as on paper, that's what it looks like. So I'm always weary of these types of matchups. But a lot of times when you're in this situation, if you look at the person who's heavily favored, you can see a lot of the times they're like first-round knockouts, like a bunch in a row, maybe regional scene coming to the UFC, maybe a couple cans in the UFC, so they're keeping that first-round knockout streak going. But uh, this person has got a split decision over 100, as or Jack Shore does in his last fight in April of 2021. And then the two fights before that, he does have submission finish wins. But one was in the second round against Aaron Phillips, and one was in the third round against someone else I don't really know. So I guess that doesn't say much. But uh, I'm going to go with the heavy favorite. But I, 
I'm not confident in it, so, uh, but that's the pick, Jack Shore. And then we have women's flyweight Ji Young Kim versus Molly McCann. And it's plus 105 for Molly McCann and minus 125 favorite for Kim. And I honestly think this is short and sweet. This is a very, very close fight. Uh, I think Kim's got the size and reach advantage. But I think if Molly can wrestle in this fight, she wins. And I think a lot of times I and I have a tendency to doing this and giving a lot of credit or credence to the fact that it's at the apex and there's a smaller cage. But I feel like if Molly wrestles in this fight, she wins. And I, I tend to think she's going to. So, uh, yeah, it's a 10-inch reach advantage, though, for Kim. So that's the biggest concern here. But uh, I think I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go with the underdog Molly McCann in this spot. Which takes us to another interesting one. Patty Pimblett is making his promotional debut for the UFC. He's fought in other shows. Big big enough to have made a decent name for himself. Uh, but he's making his promotional debut. He's kind of similar to Conor McGregor, obviously, in personality. Not necessarily skills or experience. But, um, you know, I, I tend to think that he is actually a little bit overhyped. Like, I think he's got skills. I think he's good. But Luigi Vendramini, I think, is actually going to win this fight. I think, uh, let me double-check the odds real quick. I know he's a, the underdog, but let me see by how much. Okay, there it is. Plus 130 underdog for Luigi Vendramini to the minus 155 favorite for Patty Pimblett. Um, I'm just calling it now. You know, could be wrong. We'll see after Saturday. But I think Patty's a little bit overhyped, and I think Vendramini is going to give him uh, a tough entrance into the UFC and snag me some underdog points. So, uh, second underdog of the night, Luigi Vendramini to get the win. And then we have Modestus Bukowskis versus Khalil Roundtree. So, plus 135 underdog for Roundtree, minus 155 favorite for Bukowskis. I think Roundtree is uh, one of those fighters that you can't ever trust in terms of, um, you know, kind of like betting on him because if he comes out there and has a fight like he did against Eric Anders, I feel like he could win the championship in the division. I don't know where... That came from and where it's been ever since. But, um, you know, so you never know what to expect from this guy. And he's obviously got a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of skills. But um, I think that Modestus Bukowskis is the rightful favorite. And he's going to end up being just a little bit too uh, too much for Roundtree. I think Roundtree still does have, like, the technical advantage on the feet. But Bukowskis is just more well-rounded. And that's ultimately going to be the difference. So I'm going to go with Modestus Bukowskis in this one. And then we have Alex Morono versus David Zawada. This one's tough for me, too, because I feel like David Zawada is actually going to bring it to Morono, and I'm hoping that it's not uh, my emotions that are getting uh, the best of me because I'm a big fan of Alex Morono. He fights out of Fortis MMA, Safe Saud. They have a good game plan most times. They come, they you know, they bring it every time. You know, similar to, like, Glory MMA and James Krause lately, like fighters that have been fighting out of that gym, if they've had a, at least one or two training camps underneath there, it just seems like it levels them up. In terms of like game plan, fight IQ, especially at the apex because they can hear their coaches. So, um, but in this case, I think it's going to be a tough fight. One of the, like the three or so fights that I, Zawada is one of the three or so fighters that I think are considerably live underdogs. But uh, I am going to go with the favorite in this one too. I'm going with Alex Morono to get the win. Now we have the co-main event. Big boys, Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Spivak. This is interesting because the minus 255 favorite Aspinall over plus 205 Sergey Spivak. Aspinall doesn't have nearly the level of UFC or MMA experience as Spivak does. Spivak has been around the game for a long time. Maybe that's kind of what this is. They think it's the young kind of eating the old, but Spivak is a veteran, man. He's got skills. He's, he's sneaky good. 
And he's one of those guys that like doesn't do anything flashier. Nothing stands out as like specialty or anything exceptional, but he just does everything well and he's tough as nails and he keeps coming forward. You know the type. It's just it's not necessarily pretty or extra exceptionally technical, but you know, basically if he can make it look dirty out there and and the uglier the fight looks, basically the better that Spivak is doing most times. So I think this is like a really fun matchup because Tom Aspinall has been just killing it the whole time in the UFC, knocking out all his opponents. He moves like a fucking middleweight, and he hits like a heavyweight. So um, it's it's really exciting, and I think Spivak, uh, I don't know if he's ever been finished his career. I don't think he has, but I think that's a high likelihood in this one. And, um, it's it, again, it's pretty interesting that the guy with not nearly the level of experience is getting the the pretty heavy favorite uh, moniker by the odds. So um, I, I'm going to take that as a sign. You know, don't be surprised if Spivak is able to weather some sort of storm and take Aspinall into the deep waters of the third round and end up grinding out a decision or putting him away late. But I just don't see it happening. I think the younger, fresher, more athletic Tom Aspinall is going to get it done. And it's co-main event, so I have to give a method. And I think it's going to happen inside the distance so i'm gonna go with the favorite tom aspinall with a second round tko and now we have the main event darren till versus Derek brunson minus 175 favorite for darren till to plus 155 underdog for Derek brunson and it doesn't take a genius to point out this is definitely a classic striker versus grappler matchup but it's a little bit more complicated than, than looking at the stats and saying well Derek Brunson has a 33% takedown accuracy, and Darren Till has an 82% takedown defense. Like, I do definitely think that if Darren Till's able to keep this on the feet, then he'll more than likely end up uh, probably putting away Brunson. But uh, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. And, and one of the ways I want to assess that is basically look at their last four or five fights, and I just kind of want to see where they're at in terms of, like, their momentum in their career because I feel like sometimes, and in this case, in particular, I feel like it plays a large role. So let's take it back all the way to May 2018. Uh, that's Darren Till's win over Stephen Thompson. And then he got back in there quickly in September of 2018. And that's when he lost to Tyron Woodley when he got submitted in the second round by Darce Choke. And then in March of 2019, around the same time that he was getting knocked out by Jorge Masvidal, Derek Brunson was actually starting his now four-fight winning streak in May of 2019 against Elias Theodoro. And then, just to go back to Darren Till, who at this point would be on a two-fight losing streak, he bounces back and gets a win over Kelvin Gastelum in November of 2019. Now, you guys know how I feel about Kelvin Gastelum, but you know, it would be a lie to say he's not obviously on a downward skid right now and needs to you know, bounce back and put some things together. So back in 2019, you know, getting a win over him, you know, it's good for Darren to get back in the win column, but... You know, not necessarily the most telling. And then a jump ahead to July of 2020 is his loss against Robert Whitaker. Unanimous five-round five decision. So in that time, between losing to Jorge Masvidal and now, he's got he's one and two. And Derek Brunson is got three consecutive wins. He's on a four-fight winning streak now. And those last three wins since uh, May of 2019 have been over Ian Heinish, Edmund Shabazian, and... Most recently, March of 2021 over Kevin Holland. So all I'm trying to point out is that I think that Darren Till is the rightful favorite. And I think that the lines aren't that wide. And I think that's uh, pretty fair. But I think that the outside of the cage, like the amount of time off for Darren Till is significant. It's been over a year. So I think Brunson's uh, activity and just overall momentum in his career 
is just you know gonna gonna be significant in this. And he's really looked like he's progressed fight to fight significantly since he's moved his camps over to Sanford MMA. And I just think he's an extremely live dog in this spot. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm actually I'm gonna go with Derek Brunson in this main event here, but. I'm not exactly sure if I think he can put away uh, Darren Till inside the distance. Obviously, we know Brunson can go five rounds if he can establish his wrestling threat. He did it against Kevin Holland. But Lord knows, like, Kevin Holland is no Darren Till. So, this obviously is a completely different fight. But in terms of if you're going to go with the Derek Brunson victory, I think the safer bet is to go Derek Brunson by decision. So, uh, that's going to be the third underdog in the main event, Derek Brunson, for the win. But that's it, guys. That's all the fights. Ten-fight offering from the UFC Apex this weekend. Uh, I expect a decent amount of finishes. And uh, before we get you guys out of here, I'll just do a quick recap. Starting off the night, went with Martinez. Next one, I went with Barryute. Then Charles Jourdain and Jack Shore. First underdog, Molly McCann. Second underdog, Vendramini. Then I got Bukowskis, Alex Morono. Then I got Tom Aspinall in the co-main event by second-round TKO. And then Derek Brunson, the third underdog, main event by decision. And fight of the night, I think I'm going to take a stab at Arosa versus Jordan. One point. So that's it, guys, for the breakdown and the picks. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to DLSS episode 103. That's the Woodley Paul fight breakdown, the Giga Chikata Edson Barboza fight card breakdown. I also dropped the This Segment Rules episode 6. That's the Sam Alvey fight against Wellington Terman, the eye pokes, the points deductions, the refereeing, the scorecards, and everything having to do with that. And then, obviously, enjoy the fights this weekend, but make sure to come back on Monday, hopefully back on Monday, getting myself back on schedule. Of course, I'll be talking about all the fights that happen over the weekend, plus anything else that fucking happens between now and then with this crazy-ass sport. But hope to see you guys there, but until then, enjoy the fights. <laughs>